welcome to the Produce Retail Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Nickel, and thank you so much for joining us this week for a special episode. Now, if you're a regular listener, you have probably noticed that within the overall context of produce retail, we mostly focus in four areas on this podcast. One is executive perspective, where we hear from directors and vice presidents of produce. Two is produce manager perspective, where we talk to produce managers and about topics that are particularly relevant to that group. Three is marketing and merchandising, where we visit with folks both on the retail side and others who have kind of a bird's eye view to consumer trends that influence retail. And then fourth is leadership and training, which seems pretty self-explanatory. So we'll venture beyond those general areas on occasion, but those are really our core buckets. And by the way, we actually have playlists for each of those. So please feel free to give me a shout on LinkedIn if you want me to send you those links. You can find me again. It's Ashley Nickel, A-S-H-L-E-Y-N-I-C-K-L-E. I mentioned those four areas because what we're going to do for the last few weeks of the year here and into the beginning of the new year is revisit some of the best conversations we had on each of these kind of broad topics in 2023. So first up is executive perspective. I absolutely loved talking with Caitlin Tierney. She's the Senior Director of Produce for Innovation and Local at Sprouts Farmers Market. And she was excellent. That conversation was really just jammed packed with insight. She just made it a must listen. So one of my favorite parts of the discussion was this. We're just doing this new um, sampling campaign to help sell. And so um, if a customer looks for at an item for three seconds or longer and you see that you're supposed to sample the product for them, if they're taking that long to make a decision that they want this blueberry muffin or this cran apple cookie, if it's taking them that long to make a decision, help them make that decision. And m- literally, I've seen it nine out of 10 times. If you sample that uh, raspberry orange or that um, melon right in front of them, they, they almost feel like guilty, like, you took that much time to help educate me. I, I gotta buy it. Like even and so, and obviously, hopefully, it tastes amazing. Um, and I'm sure it does. But um, it's it's a really good active selling um, way of, of of communicating to the customer, educating the customer, and getting them to buy something unique that they may not uh, have purchased uh, because it's not raspberry oranges isn't on my grocery list today. And so um, I think it's really cool that we're doing that. And I think it does add a lot of value as well as uh, experience. That's amazing. And it sounds like that's throughout the store, not just produce even? Correct. Wow. So when when did that start? And, and similar to, we talked a little bit about kind of the, the internal communication piece earlier. What does it look like to you know, spread the word on that and make sure it gets all the way to store level to the folks who are literally stuck in the department. And hey, you got to be watching for these folks coming through and, you know, paying attention and you can sample whatever they're looking at. Just, you know, feel free, go do it. Right. Um, yeah. So actually the our DVP of California uh, captain this program. At, he started working on it about halfway through last year and we launched it um, this year. Uh, just because, you know, we thought there'd be a great initiative, great education to a customer, hopefully increased traffic. Um, and so uh, it was a top down, like there's a how how to, why to, uh, what you should look for, uh, really educating store managers and produce managers and um, really giving them the, the tool that says, 
We don't care if like, if it's just one person, that's one additional sale, like go after it. And so um, a lot, and, and then usually when you have that uh, citrus orange or whatever the case might be that you're sampling, there's more of that to be had. And so now you've got a tool to go around and say, hey, have you tried our raspberry oranges? They're amazing. And it's peak of season right now. They're only $3.99 uh, for a three pound bag. Do you want to try one? You, they make amazing margaritas. Like just continue to upsell the product. And it, it, all of a sudden you did it for one customer, but you made six other customers happy. And what what makes the the store level teams excited to do that? Maybe that seems like a silly question, but but I know labor's been a big, you know, a big topic across the industry. And like I said, from looking at these displays, you can tell that you guys have a lot of engaged people, you know, in your stores. Where, where does that come from? How what kind of culture is there that that gets people willing to to execute on on something like that? Yeah, I think it just comes to down to our values. Like our values is care, you know, obviously care about our customers and our planet own it. So that talks about taking that accountability, that hustle, that entrepreneurship drive and actually delivering excellence in stores by, by sampling and, and going above and beyond what the customer is assuming their experience will be. Um, and then on top of it, all of it layers on is we love being different here at Sprouts and this is how we can differentiate ourselves. And I think the, the freedom and the, the landscape that we give our, our employees is really unlike any other retailer. And I think that they really like to engage with customers. They like talking. It's a lot It's a lot easier to talk to a customer and stack produce versus just stack produce every, and repeat and repeat. And so I think it's uh, they enjoy engaging with their customers. They get excited about the, the offering that we have in produce and all the new varieties and the cool events that we have for, for stores to execute these amazing displays. And uh, they they get behind it. I think it's just a part of our, our values and our culture. The next conversation I want to come back to is this one with Kevin Climey, Senior Director of Produce and Floral at Fortinas. New items are core to their approach. And so hearing about how Kevin keeps up with trends, how he finds and trials new items, and how new items factor into the shopping experience at Fortinos was just really fascinating to me. Here's one of my favorite segments from that discussion. One of the things you mentioned uh, as we talked before the podcast was, you know, monitoring trends and trying to make sure you're first to market on on new items or, or seasonal items um, is is part of what you do. And and I'm curious, sort of, how you approach that part of the job because that seems like something that would be a lot of fun and also not necessarily easy. <laughs> no, that that part is like it's one of my favorite topics. So it does eat up a lot of time. Sometimes you can you can go down a rabbit hole on trying to you know, see what trends are out there, right? Once you start scrolling on uh, TikTok or Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> and then next thing you know, it's two hours later and, and and I didn't really find out much later, but I saw a lot of cool stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that is always one though, that's always top of mind, right? So um, for, for Tino supermarkets, I mean, we, we proud ourselves on having um, the largest assortment in, in our trading market. And I would say probably without a doubt that for sure we do have the largest, largest assortment. And uh, I always want to be first to market. And I always want to have that new shiny toy, uh, you know, that might be out in the market. Um, so staying on top of trends. Yeah. Like, like I said, um, some of it would be, you know, social media, you know, just, just, just being involved there and just knowing what's going on and, and following other people, um, especially stuff that's not even in, in my trade market yet. Right. Like um, 
an example, I, we, we just launched something at the beginning of the summer um, that I found on a, on a HEV website. I was just searching their online ordering. Uh, obviously, we're not anywhere near Texas, um, but I was just randomly, you know, had nothing better to do. So let's go see what they have on their website. Right. And I found um, I found a pretty, pretty cool item that uh, was a salad bar item. It was just watermelon, watermelon and, and dragon fruit trunks right? Uh, that we sell in salad bar. So, I mean, dragon fruit sells not bad, but it could be better. So this was a great way to get some more exposure to mix them together and sell them in salad bar. And it was a it was a great success. But that's how that's how I got on top of that trend, just by following what other retailers are doing out there. Right. So that, that's one aspect. Another, another huge one is the, the vendor community, obviously. Yeah. Right. So um, having the relationships with the vendors where they want to come to you because they know you'll, you'll put your name behind it and they know you'll put your, your oomph behind it to make sure a new item might work. Mm -hmm. Right. So, so it's uh, it was actually good timing. Like this, this week I just launched um, the Yume tomato, the YOOM. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. So we just launched it. I just launched it this week. So I put a big spread in the flyer. All stores have nice big displays. And really that, um, I heard about it, but, but really that came about because uh, Nature Fresh Farms, they're one of their reps, they're um, Jocelyn Mastronardi. She reached out to me and said, you know, hey, Kev, what do you think? And then, you know, about an hour later, we put a plan together and yeah, we have a big launch in our store. And as far as I know, none of my uh, competition have it yet. Wow. So it sounds like when we talked uh, uh, at the at the top of the podcast, Kevin, about you all being able to to operate basically as an independent, it sounds like that just gives you tremendous flexibility and and the ability to be nimble and bring stuff in like that. Correct. Yeah, that's that's a that's a huge piece of it. Um, obviously, with the with, with a big corporation, things typically move the wheels move much slower. Mm -hmm. So by having that autonomy to you know, to, to, to buy off market or to buy directly from a vendor when, when need be is, is a huge benefit to, to the business overall. And that's what helps, you know, keep us um, with the big assortment and, and having the, the new shiny stuff in stores. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you, you mentioned the, the new shiny stuff. How do mm -hmm. you, how do you decide? I have so many questions, but we'll, so we'll just start <laughs> with this. How do you decide, okay, this is interesting enough for me to test this? Well, <laughs> so, <laughs> well, I, I'm laughing because there has been many fails too. <laughs> there has been many stuff over the years that haven't worked, um, but that's that's how you learn, right? And that's how you understand what's, um, you know, what might work in the future. If um, if I remember correctly, oh, I can't remember the name, but I, I was working, I believe it was with um, Mastron Art Reporters uh, several several years ago. It was a mini cucumber. Um, I can't remember the. I think it was called the unveiled mini cucumber and it was just like a mini cucumber but it was white right oh. so it looked so I, basically everything was the same but it was white and they gave it a, a fancy name i think unveiled with some nice fancy um packaging it really didn't taste much if you closed your eyes and, and you know did a taste test between a green one and a white one you probably couldn't tell um but that one bombed pretty bad <laughs> oh no <laughs> but but we gave it a try we gave yeah. it a try and I, and I think um in that case what i would have learned from that one was um not necessarily a case of if it's not broken, it doesn't need to be, or if, yeah, it doesn't need to be fixed. But um, if a customer is so used to buying like a mini cucumber that is, is green for so long, you try to change it to white, it'll probably take a long time before you get any traction. So, so that's one lesson that I learned out of that. If it's basically the same thing, just a different color, you know, you might want to, you might want to think twice before launching a new item. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. And another, actually another one that I'm launching um, actually in what's today. Monday, so in two days from now, so I could say we're launching a 
lion's mane mushroom and a yellow oyster mushroom. Oh, um, which have been around for 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 a while, obviously. Um, but I haven't seen them in this in this trading market. We haven't seen a mass in any mass retailer before. So, so I'm looking forward to that. So that in this case, we're going to launch it with um, demos across all our stores to get the customer engaged, so they can see what it is. Oh, cool! Uh, as opposed to just putting it on a shelf and you know, does it work or does it not work? Type mm -hmm. of thing. Mm -hmm. right. mm -hmm. How how do you Kevin demo something like mushroom where? typically you're you're maybe having it cooked or, or maybe there are other uses uncooked that I'm not aware of <laughs> so so in this case uh, I have a, I have a great mushroom vendor that delivers um, to stores to all 23 stores seven days a week um, they're, they're, they're one of the best out there I would say so in this case they're they're doing all the demos um, okay. so they're they're bringing I, I work that out with them obviously sure. um, but they're but they're yeah they're coming in bringing their own equipment doing their recipe so the customer can um, try it because because obviously if it's a I want it to be a win and they want it to be a win too as the supplier. <laughs> oh, of course. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. And how do you, I guess, how do you manage the, the assortment with so many new things coming in and out? Well, again, all, all the questions, this is well, super interesting, but I'll, I'll start there. How do you manage the assortment with, with new items coming in and out frequently? Yeah. Another, another uh, blessing for Fortino's from, from, from that point of view is, is that most of our, on a square foot basis, our stores average about 75,000 square feet. So we are, we are fairly, or very big stores. Okay. Um, so I do have, I do have big produce departments, mm -hmm. which uh, makes it much easier to uh, have that assortment or to, to shuffle things around when, you know, something comes out of season and something comes into season. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Well, and mm -hmm. when you mentioned the, the mushrooms a moment ago, you had sent me these these photos of some of the merchandising in your stores a, a little earlier, and it looked like there was a whole section of just organic mushrooms. And so I don't know if you guys do organic only or if there's conventional and organic, but when you are talking about a large assortment, that that kind of brought it home for me. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, okay. So so we um, yeah we only offer organic mushrooms 100% organic mushrooms okay gotcha um, and we did that we switched to that i want to say around uh 2016 or 2017 oh wow um, our, our suppliers has both does can can do both but um we figured for the the pricing difference or the costing difference we might as well offer our consumer 100% organic mushrooms mm -hmm. mm. awesome and is that uh, is that the only category you guys do that or where else have you found that makes sense for um you? No, for, for organic, yeah, that would be the only category for organic. Oh, okay. Okay. But but to your point, to your point earlier about the assortment and and, and like how do you manage it? So that would be one thing, right? So I don't mm -hmm. based on that, like um when we first when I first made the move, understanding, you know, the cost difference and all that, okay, I'm not gonna take up space with the conventional and organic for basically the same thing. So mm -hmm. so I don't I don't like to do duplication in a lot of um categories if I can, mm -hmm. or or different size packaging, right? So if I'm going to offer something in whatever it may be, a, a grape tomato in a, in a 255 um, gram format, I won't necessarily offer the exact same thing in say a 680 gram format, right? Or, or a one pound, two pound, whatever you want to call it, right? So it's, I'd rather drive just one size, which allows me to have something else that's different as opposed to two sizes. Gotcha. That makes sense. So you're thinking that in the in your, your mix of SKUs, you want to prioritize the variety versus the options within a single variety. Exactly. Exactly. Gotcha. Gotcha. Very neat. Well, what are, uh, what are you, some of, some of your favorites, again, kind of more broadly talk about monitoring trends and, and new items. 
what are your some of your recent favorites in the last year of of launches that have just gone gone super for you guys? Um, uh, <laughs> there's been so many it's hard to think. And I'm just uh, I'm just focused, trying to remember just recently. I mean, because even there's even week to week there's there's quite a bit I would say. Wow. Um, because those were like the ones I just talked about the mushrooms and the um the yum the tomato. tomato. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they 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 were just bigger launches, but um. Just brought in Dracula blood oranges from Australia. Oh, okay. um, so I had some nice big displays of those out there this week. Uh, kiwi berries from Portugal or, or, or baby kiwi, whatever we want to call them. Uh, just got those a couple of weeks ago. Those things are awesome too. If you, if you've never tried a, a kiwi berry. Um, they're, I don't they're, think they're I have. Cool. I'll have to look for no, those. It tastes, it tastes and looks just like a regular kiwi, except there's, there's no fuzz on it. You, you just eat the whole skin. Huh. And then they're baby. They're about the size of a, you know, a big grape. That's okay. It. Okay. Yeah, they're 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 definitely pretty cool. That's neat. My my daughter likes them. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> Super. Um, what else? Kiwi, kiwi. Oh, and then um, I think we were we were talking about it before, but we just finished off the uh, the Roma tomato bushel season. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, and and so, so that's a huge program for us, and a, and a and a big point of differentiation from our competition. Um, so Fortino's is does have an Italian heritage. Um, going going back to the '60s when when um, Fortino's was founded, um, so that that is so so the Italian clientele is one of our our, our bigger plays, and, and some markets are are more so than others. But we just finished our most successful season ever in um, 23 yeah. stores. We we just finished selling well over three million pounds of of Roma tomatoes. Oh my it's goodness! A, I know it's a pretty big uh, it's a pretty big uh, amount. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So that so that and and then and obviously staying up with all the the Italian. Um, items that come in and out of season. Um, chestnuts are just coming into season. Uh, what else? Fig, well, Greek figs now, anyways, are just coming into season. Fresh olives just got in the stores last week, and they always sell big once they come in for, for cases of fresh olives. Uh, and then even some local stuff like Romano beans, Sicilian eggplant, that's all stuff that sells um, or that moves very well this time of year for our Italian demographic. Wow. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned there's there's so many of these these new product launches that sometimes it's even hard for you to keep track. How many new items would you say you you bring in to, to test and try throughout the year? I'd say as many, <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't put a number on it because I mean how many <laughs> if I if if it makes sense we'll do it. But I think that's part mm-hmm. of um, the shopping experience for our customers that you yeah. can. You can come in once a week or twice a week, and there, there's something different. You're not always going to see the same thing, mm-hmm. and that's a that's a huge point of uh, differentiation for us. Gotcha. And and even just going back, I'm, I'm just thinking now that going back several years, items that would have started off as like um, new and different that have just now became mainstream. Like we we started pushing French beans uh, compared to just you know loose green beans, uh, uh, you know, in the early you know 2012, 13, 14, and now. Now, really, all we sell out of the whole French bean category, I'd say French beans are probably seventy percent of our bean sales. Thirty percent come from from you know loose green beans. Oh wow! And then, and then it's 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 a lot like that in the overall marketplace now. And but we were like the um, the trendsetters on on that one. And same with um, another big one that's coming up soon: uh, stem and leaf clementines from Spain. They'll probably oh, be here okay. in another another couple of weeks. But that was one of um, uh, a fantastic eating piece of citrus um that you know started off as like a, a high-end thing that has now become much more mainstream and, and and once once it does become available it's one of our our main items to to push out 
Another enjoyable conversation on our Executive Perspective playlist this year was with Sean Peary. Sean's the National Vice President of Produce for Albertsons. Of course, most folks listening will know that Albertsons has many different banners. And so one topic we discussed with Sean was how they share success stories across what's a very large organization. Here's a snippet from that discussion. You know, the way I look at it, we have 15 divisions, 15 think tanks. We can test anything from one store to a district of 20 stores to a division of 300 stores to 23 stores as it rolls out. And so it's really, as we start that test, it's like, hey, how's it, you know, the, we, we've, we've got all these great systems. So we can look at the, the actual data and see how the, you know, the sales are doing. We can actually look at the baskets and see what, how it's, you know, how the test is. We have a, we have a data science team now that helps us with some of that so that we can see, you know, who's buying it, you know, and, and what kind of, uh, how big their basket is and, you know, what else is in the basket. But it's really, you know, it comes down to just that metrics. And then as we do it, well, then we challenge the divisions. We actually have every year we have our national sales meeting, we have what we call the lightning rounds. And the lightning rounds, each division has to submit an idea. And it's, so we get 15, they have to submit to actually, you have to get, we start the sales meeting with this, 15 sales ideas, 30 minutes. I mean, it's like, boom, one of the sales managers gets up and they present all 15 of the ideas. And they go through it and they, it's two minute sheets. And then we, at the end of the meeting, we end the same thing with the sales, sales idea, sales lightning round, 15 ideas. And, and we share it. And that's something that the sales managers, our team loves because it's like, hey, here's new ideas um, so that they're, that they're sharing. And, and that's how we were able to you know, share successes and things like that. We have, we, you know, we have a call every, every period. So we have 13 of them a year. And every there's like three or four. I have sales managers present, guest speakers just present sales ideas, something that they've done, and that's we're just sharing ideas and, and sharing best practices. And that's how you know we continue to grow and grow sales, grow you know produce consumption, and and um, get excited about selling stuff. So that makes sense that there is that there are processes in place to really encourage that creativity because I can only imagine it's it's easy to get into that daily grind and it's like. No, like these are the things that have to happen first, and and creativity sometimes is hard to get high on that list. <laughs> we always have to be reinventing ourselves. I mean, every year, I mean, you're going to cycle what you did a year ago, and if we just did what we did a year ago, guess what? We're just doing. <laughs> We're not growing. We have to continue to grow. So you have to just continue to challenge yourself. And how do you reinvent yourself every year? And one of our more recent chats was with Mike Tipton, Vice President of Produce at and Floral at Schnucks. And we talked about the company's new Fresh Produce Now pilot. Essentially, it's a program that enables shoppers who turn on push notifications for the Schnucks app to receive a message when PFCs and local produce items arrive in their store. And that got us talking a bit more about other technology that might have a big impact on the produce department in coming years. Who knows where digital uh, price tags now are going to take us, you know, and how, what kind of avenue that's going to open up down the road right now with just the digital site, the digital tags in the stores are just for price and item, but who knows how that's going to evolve over year, over time of how it can show the price and then maybe could, could flash to another screen for a few seconds and talk about an offer, plus, you know, or talk about what this piece of, uh, what this apple is flavorful for, right? Sweetness or tartness. So I think there's I think we're going to continue to see the digital play come in at point of sale as well through this new tech through the technology coming out with the, uh, the electronic digital tags and then uh, signage. So uh, I look forward to seeing where that's going to take us over time and 
I think that can be a, because you only got a couple of seconds to engage with the consumer and get there and see the price. And it was to flip to a quick little note, quick little information point about the item. I think that's going, that's somewhere we need, it needs to be going. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm so glad you brought that up, Mike, because even when we think about how people consume information in general now, right? We have so many folks using TikTok or Twitter where it's literally one thing and you're scrolling and it's one second and it's on to the next thing and it's on to the next thing. So having a little bit of that, you know, obviously you want it in a, in a tasteful way. You don't want it to be distracting or annoying as you're walking through the store, but being able to tap into some of how people are consuming information already probably makes, probably makes sense. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, a customer probably wouldn't want to walk up and can't can't find the price of the item, but if you if the screen switched to telling about the Apple or whatever item it is, and then down the right hand corner it still had the price retail or what. So the customer can still get the information that they're wanting to get when they walk up to the to the item, but can also have a little extra there added for them too. So yeah. Yeah. Hopefully we'll get there to that some type of uh, information transfer. <laughs> Yeah. Do you have any idea on kind of when sort of what the time frame might be on on when kind of more more advanced options on those those digital signs? Because I know they're still pretty new most places. No, I, I, I do not. I wish I did. I wish <laughs> when the technology is going to come for that right now, you know, now it's just item and price and, and a few few words on there. But uh, yeah, you got to know the bandwidth will continue to improve and the colors schematics and all will continue to get better over time and mm-hmm. with updates and and uh, we're, we're, we're able to do whatever we want to at the with those so mm-hmm. you know it'll happen so yeah. well and and how have you liked having some of that in stores I, I know the the labor savings from not having to manually change signs is a, is a pretty big deal well first and foremost for our customers when they walk walk up you know the the, the accuracy of the price you know being correct is you know being able to have the right right um, information on there for the customers is the first thing. The second is that the labor savings is a big piece to, to it and helps a lot. And uh, just speed to shelf when it comes to putting up a new tag or new sign, the teammate doesn't have to go back and to the printer and print off a tag or a sign to come out there. They can just grab one of these, pop it up there, and within a few seconds, it's got the, it's got the item and price on it. And so, uh, but it's uh, so it's been a big it's it's a big win. Yeah, I think as like I said over time and when you can communicate better on uh, using those, it's going to continue to get better. Right now, some of them all looks the same, right? And you can't and some of them it's hard to you know, the sale price items and all sometimes tend to get lost. So it's how do, how do we really show up strong for the consumer with with them and making sure that they're able to get the information that we, that we're wanting them to get and have the impact of them that we're wanting them to receive. So now last but not least, I can't recap the year in executive perspective chats without giving a huge shout out to Scott Schutte, a longtime produce retail veteran who's been recognized often as one of the best in the business. His career has included some overall fresh leadership roles too, including a stint with departments under his purview, including a fromagerie. That's cheese if you're like me and you don't have a background in French. And because cross-merchandising is such a huge opportunity, I picked Scott's brain in this episode on cheese and tie-ins with produce, including promotional windows that are specific to cheese that I wouldn't have known about. And I imagine maybe not all produce people know about either. Here's one of my favorite parts of that conversation. 
Seasonally speaking, um, there's a lot of times of the year where um, obviously produce is in season and in prime season. We go through that every single year. Nothing changes. Uh, but there's also a little bit of promotional seasonality that happens with the world of, of cheese. And so there's different times of year that um, cheese is being promoted. I know that um, uh, Wisconsin cheese, as an example, or just like California cheese, as an example, both do a really great job with actively promoting and uh, being responsible stewards of their entire cheese program. And so there's a lot of promotional opportunities that are passed down or suggested down to the retailers where they, they're able to capitalize on uh, very nice domestic cheeses that um, allow them to get a little bit crazy with you know retails and promotions. And it's great timing for the produce retailer at that time to take advantage of that quote unquote Wisconsin cheese program or the California cheese program or whatever the promotion might be. And, um, you know, hitch up and ride with it um, to be able to actively cross merchandise and promote with a lot of those cheeses um, is great. And I can remember a lot of fall seasons where I would take advantage of some of those domestic cheese programs because they tied in perfect timing with our apple season and some of the first of the season apples that were starting to appear in late September and early October and really having some fun with uh, tying together a Honeycrisp apple promotion side by side with the uh, smoked Gouda that was going on over in the cheese department at that time. And um, not only merchandise them together, but advertise and promote them together kind of side by side, um, along with maybe even a wine pairing that um, really made great food tasting sense for the customer. And especially for that, the rookie customer, the customer like us at once upon a time where, you know, we didn't have that experience and we didn't have that knowledge. Um, we really put together um, a very easy way to taste and understand food pairings and how successful it is and how easy it is to take three items like that smoked Gouda and the fresh first of the season Honeycrisp apple and tied together with the appropriate wine that paired with it and uh, have yourself a, a, a really great, um, I won't say meal, but um, a, a great little appetizer, which sometimes did turn into meals for me, unfortunately. But um, <laughs> for people to you know finally realize that there's a value in, in cheese, you know, especially at promotion time, um, there's a value in all the other items that pair and that go along with it. And when you can advertise them that way and merchandise them that way, and promote them that way, it makes it pretty easy for that, that beginner or rookie customer to uh, to jump right in and, um, you know, become a little bit more familiar with it. And it grows over time. Um, that could be knowledge that's carried over to, you know, parties that you might attend or special events that you might attend or uh, holiday gatherings that you might attend. And um, your knowledge gets expanded each time you go to one of those events. And not only that, you know, it helps you when you're in charge of, you know, someday bringing that charcuterie tray or that, you know, that fruit and cheese tray or whatever it might be, you know, to the next function or the next event or whatever, you have a little bit more um, kind of past experience on what goes together and how to put something like that together. So lots of fun and excitement there. Um if I was to mention any of my other favorites or things that um, were simple and basic to me at that time, 
um, I really liked um, the fresh mozzarella. And I got into the fresh mozzarella and um, was able to, to do some things with um, tying some, again, some fun and easy recipes together with the produce department. Um, especially it was again in the fall time or the early fall, late August going into September when uh, the heirloom tomato crops were really on fire. And there was a, you know, a, a glutton of heirloom tomatoes that really paired perfectly on making sliced mozzarella heirloom tomato stackers. And I remember that um, not only our, our, our deli used to feature those in the cold case and sell kind of a completed meal together with, you know, slices of, of thick pieces of fresh mozzarella, um, um, soft fresh mozzarella, and then, you know, thick slices of the different flavors of heirloom tomatoes stacked up and inter intertwined along with, you know, pieces of uh, basil and then a nice little drizzle or coating of uh, a balsamic vinegar and some olive oil and a little salt and pepper for seasoning. And that itself became a meal, but it was something that was pretty simple for our deli to, to do in-house and have for sale in the case, just like they would offer, you know, some of those other, um, you know, presentations or meal platters inside the case. But um, it was also a kind of a do-it-yourself note to the consumer that if they didn't want to purchase it that way, that it was pretty easy to uh, to do that same type of pairing themselves and see the four or five simple ingredients that went into it and in the seasoning and build a basket for that front register and have them actually go out the door with those four or five items. So um, that was a favorite of mine. Um, I enjoyed the taste and having it at home quite a bit. And with that, we'll wrap it up. Thank you so much for listening. If you are learning from or otherwise enjoying this podcast, please be sure to rate and review. That helps me keep it rolling and continue to bring you insight from excellent guests like the folks we've mentioned today and many, many others. Thank you again, and we will see you next week on the Produce Retail Podcast.